But anyway, it's very nice to have you both here. And uh, Sylvia and I are delighted that you could make it. Well, Sandy, was this a recommendation for Merv, this dentist that you went to? Excuse me? Was that a recommendation? Yes, it was. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He, 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 his office right up the st is right up the street, about a 15-minute walk from Holly Creek which is uh, one of the main reasons that I chose Dr. Pat. So I could walk up and walk back and one time in the drizzle, but that felt good <laughs> too. Yeah. Well, Merv, you are from originally from? Well, I was born in Illinois, uh, but uh, my father uh, was in the Navy and uh, for my first eight years, I never went to the same school for a full year. We moved that many times, trying to follow my father wherever he was stationed. And so a full year, you had no, to move again. That's what made me so shy, I think. <laughs> that <laughs> must have been quite difficult. <laughs> it must have been quite difficult to have all those moves. It was more difficult for my mother than anybody, but it was especially difficult trying to make friends and then leave sure. and did you have uh, brothers and sisters i have one brother uh huh, uh -huh. Uh, he is here in town he oh. was a judge on the uh, colorado court of appeals uh where same court that i believe uh, howard kirschbaum served before howard went to the supreme court well, that's a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it really a small is. world. <laughs> it is. And Kathy, where were you born? In Columbus, Ohio. And uh, lived there, and that's where I met Merv at Ohio State. And uh, then when he, well, what, we dated for five or six years, and then finally got married. <laughs> well, how did you find each other, though? Because Oh, uh, my sorority, we both went to Ohio State. University and uh, and that's in Columbus, and uh, my sorority and his fraternity pledge class had what they called a cutout, and where you took off on a Monday night, which was meeting nights, and uh, you ditched the party. Pardon me. You ditched the party. <laughs> we had our own party. <laughs> we met at the glass bar. <laughs> I like to tell the story a little differently. I well, like I want to hear both versions. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say we met in the back seat of a 53 Chevrolet. <laughs> and that's Which because <laughs> that's because when our um, fraternity pledge class went to pick up the girls at her sorority house, my friend drove and he had a 53 Chevrolet and so we we got two alpha fees, and they got in the car, and Kathy got in the back seat with me. So it was totally platonic, but I think it sounds better. <laughs> but that was your first actual meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then five years later, you were married. So all through school. We dated all through. <laughs> and yeah. Murphy, had you started your uh, dental yes, education? Yes. Uh, we were married after my freshman year in dental school. And so mm -hmm. we... Uh, 
Uh, Kathy supported us throughout the rest of dental school. <laughs> How did you do that, Kathy? Well, I was uh, a home economist for the electric company, and um, I went around to schools and clubs and gave foods demonstrations and that sort of thing. And I had a company car, which was nice. So then we had two cars, and we could. Well, what was your major? Retail merchandising. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I was going to be a buyer, and that never happened, but uh, I, uh, I worked for Lord & Taylor and was what they called a Red Rose shopper, which was the, uh, they had this cocktail lounge at Lord & Taylor, and all these very wealthy women came in and had a cocktail and said, I want a blue suit or gray pants, or, and you'd go out and get it and bring it into them, and they'd try it on, and Oh, they haven't those days changed a lot? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't even know if there's Lord & Taylor in New York. I don't remember I think either. And this know, was in New York City? This was in New York, yeah. Oh. She uh, spent, on Fifth Avenue. She spent uh, the final quarter of uh, our senior year in New York uh, doing that. I think that would be quite wonderful. Oh, it was great fun. Yeah. And we had a dorm that... The girls stayed in that did. This was like the fall quarter of my senior year. So, and these were all students from different schools. Well, kind of describe what you had to dress like every day at this school. Heels and, uh, you know, a suit or a nice dress or. And they used to have dark colors for the people that were in the stores. With they used to have what? Dark colored attire for the salespeople. Pretty much, yeah. Uh -huh. And now we can hardly find the salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, no. those were happy days. To work? Back. I did. did. I walked to work in my heels. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least you didn't have to go on a subway with your heels. No, right? No, no. I walked, and and that wasn't bad. Except one day, as I was walking to work, somebody shot somebody across the street. Oh dear. And. That's the first I'd ever heard or seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I just kept on going. <laughs> so were your parents still in Ohio? Uh -huh. And they yeah, sent their girl to New York City to live? What? They sent their daughter to New York City. Well, they didn't life. like that very much. but <laughs> <laughs> That was a hard decision, but it was a good experience for yeah, you. Yeah, it was great. And you were doing some intern work, Merv. Um, tell us about how you got started. Well, uh, during my senior year in dental school, I had a friend that was a year ahead of me, and he had um, obtained a, a dental internship at Denver General Hospital, the old Denver General at 6th and Bannock. And uh, knowing how much he liked that, and given the fact that my parents had just moved to Denver, uh, my father had been with North American Aviation in Columbus, uh, that was the company that made the the Sabre uh, jet fighter, the F-86 and the F-100. And he moved to Martin Marietta. And so my parents had moved to Denver, and this fellow that was in front of me had done the internship at Denver General. So I applied and was lucky enough to be accepted. And we came and uh, did that internship uh, my year after I graduated. You made a statement to us yesterday saying um, 
Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Uh, I knew that I ultimately wanted to go to orthodontics, but I was in that internship, and they needed a, a warm body to be uh, the director of dental services for the Denver Department of Health and Hospitals. And there was a warm body. I, I was breathing. <laughs> and, Ready and available. And uh, so I ended up doing that for two years. And that was the time when the health and hospitals department started the neighborhood health centers. So the East Side Health Center was was mine in a way. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, that would have been 1965. What did they do for at the health center? Was this for... It was dentistry for the uh, poor and indigent uh, in the community, and it was a, a wonderful thing. And they ultimately then uh, made other health centers, and, and so it was a great way to get dentistry to those in need. That's fabulous, yeah. Well, then you uh, somehow got back to Columbus. And well, yes, uh, after being out here for three years, I guess, uh, I then uh, was accepted to the orthodontic residency program. Um, first of all, at Rochester, uh, the Eastman Dental Center in uh, in uh, New in Rochester, New York, but was lucky enough to be accepted at Ohio State, and we decided to go there because Kathy's parents were still, still there. there. Mm -hmm. And by that time, uh, we had. Uh, a uh, couple of sweet little children, oh. and, oh. and they they wanted to be near uh, the grandchildren, and it worked out perfectly. And of course, uh, they were our built-in babysitters. As you, oh, <laughs> that's fantastic! Well, oh, that nice kind of to be with family. <laughs> it was. It kind of en ended your career in New York. Well, it did, but that was all right. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was good. Um, before we ask you about your children, so you you left Ohio for cooler weather. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we went back to do my orthodontic residency, we'd been out here for three years, and we were so terribly homesick. And uh, the day we moved back in uh, to student housing at Columbus, it was about 93% humidity and uh, 95 degrees, and we, in 14 milliseconds, decided, wow, we forgot. <laughs> we need to, we need to go back to Denver as soon as we can. I don't think people raised in Denver can understand that kind of humidity. Oh, it's all it in the Midwest and East. It is stifling. Yeah. We slept on the living room. There was one air conditioner in our apartment, and um, it was in the living room. So we slept on the floor in front of the, the coolest place you could find. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, actually, we had one other air conditioner in one of the bedrooms, but we gave that to the children <laughs> to help keep them up quiet. Crying all the time. <laughs> so, all the sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so you came back to Denver, and was it about 1969 or? 1969. Yes. Okay and set up uh, our orthodontic practice. and um, That was a solo practice, or were you with a... a solo practice, yes. Uh -huh. I was located on East Hamden Avenue, east of I-25, about a half mile. Hmm. And uh, it had been commonplace in Ohio to have um, 
other practices to have uh, uh, practices, a couple of practices. And so a friend of mine told me to call a fellow by the name of uh, Dick Powell in Evergreen. And I called him and uh, asked him if I if he could use an orthodontist up in his area. And he says, absolutely, come up. And <laughs> so I practiced in his office as well as on Hamden Avenue. And that went on. I guess I practiced for 36 years, so. Oh, and, and just may I just add one little thing about knowing Dick Powell and Evergreen. His children had you for the orthodontist. <laughs> and I've recently seen them all grown up with beautiful smiles. <laughs> <laughs> I was very fortunate to be able to uh, treat Dow and and uh, Ann and, and Corey. Yeah, mm -hmm. great family. But then also you, you did something with the National Association. Did you have some leadership in... Oh, that was much later. Much uh, later? Yes. Uh, that didn't happen until like the mid-90s. I was on the board of the oh. American Association of Orthodontists, and that culminated in 2000 when I was president of the American Association of Orthodontists. And so that was near the end of my practice. I ultimately retired in, in 2005. I see. So you had a solo practice with the satellite um, yes. advantages. Yes. Oh, that's great. And then you had chances to travel all over the world, didn't you? You well, and Kathy. Sure. When w during our year as presidency, uh, part of the responsibility of the president of the association is to travel the United States and uh, to all of the constituency orthodontic meetings, but also to practice or to travel to other parts of the world, to other ortho orthodontic societies in other countries. And we had wonderful opportunities to see a lot of places. That must have been a fascinating experience. Well, it was. To see how the different countries handle It orthodontia. really was. And we found that uh, people are not different <laughs> all over the world. They were very kind and helpful and, and smart people, and it was a great opportunity for sure. Well, how did you find the level of, of advancement in orthodontic work? Uh, was it pr pretty much, were we on par with the rest of the world and vice versa? Uh, it's really interesting that uh, <laughs> at the time, uh, when I first began orthodontics, we put steel bands around all the teeth. And then that uh, evolved to the point that we put metal brackets on the teeth, and then we put composite brackets on the teeth. So there were a lot of advancements. And when we were in Beijing, um, the, the person who was in charge of uh, orthodontics for the, for the country of China uh, I wanted to see their brackets to see if they were very different than ours. They looked very much the same, uh, and they were being made in Taiwan. And interestingly enough, this fellow uh, uh, was the head orthodontist in, in China, and he was communist uh, at, at that point. But he was also involved in making those brackets in Taiwan. So he had both sides of the deal. Wow. <laughs> he was building the brackets and then buying them from his own company. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of that that goes on. <laughs> really? Oh. I, I remember seeing 
children with rubber bands, different colored rubber bands. Yes. Is that phase gone now? That's. I don't know. I, it's been 20 years 20 since years I practiced, so I can't really tell you what's happening today. I remember the rubber bands, <laughs> and I remember the metal. <laughs> All those metal you, braces must have been so Do you remember so them fondly? <laughs> Not very. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, when you were in China, you were talking with someone or introduced with someone, and what happened to that conversation? Oh, I think you're... Uh, I think that was when we were in Japan. Oh, Japan. Yes, we okay. uh, flew into Fukuoka, and they met us and took it by bullet train to Hiroshima to the Japanese Orthodontic Society meeting. And uh, they were very anxious to get us there, I guess. And while we were there, it, uh, I was surprised at how much uh, at their meeting there was of uh, Asahi beer. And... Uh, <laughs> The president of the Japanese Orthodontic Society was introducing me to another orthodontist there, and he said, Dr. Graham, I'd like you to meet Dr. Takahura. And I said, hello, Dr. Takahura, nice to meet you. And he said, nice to meet you. And then he stopped speaking English, and he started speaking Japanese, and he turned and said something to the president of the Japanese Orthodontic Society, and that president said, uh, Dr. Graham, Dr. Takahura, said to tell you that when he drinks too much Asahi, he can no longer speak English. <laughs> I said, please tell him, I totally understand when I drink too much Asahi, I can no longer speak English either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And you were along with some of these travels too, Kathy, yeah. were you not? Uh -huh. And when you were in China, you were not always eager to eat certain things. Oh. <laughs> Kathy just made a face. <laughs> uh, I didn't like skin on anything. I still don't like chicken, skin on chicken and all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> but being um, the only woman there, I had to take the first bite of the appetizer, and it was duck skin wrapped around something i don't know what and all i could think of is i mean they're all waiting for me to eat it and <laughs> to then see your smile and approval and, yeah and i thought please god let it stay down <laughs> and, so and it did but oh that was not wonderful <laughs> well you've had some wonderful experience uh in your travels i want to get back to your children before it gets our time runs out tell us about your children? Well, we have a boy and a girl, mm -hmm. um, Debbie and Jeff, and um, they're wonderful, mm -hmm. and they're both in town here, and uh, our son has a daughter, and our daughter has a son and a daughter, and they're all in town, so all of our kids and, and grandkids are here. Oh, you're so fortunate. And, oh, we are. We That's are wonderful. absolutely. Yeah. And they're great, and they come around a lot, and and and, yeah. and they they love to do nice things for you. They bring things, so you don't have to do anything. And you've had those days. No, you <laughs> so. know, and, and that's true. And and like Christmas, we had Christmas at our house, but they said you are not to touch a single thing. We'll bring everything. They brought all the food, everything, 
And when they left, they had cleaned everything up. It looked like nobody had ever been there. Yeah, that's so and, thoughtful. Uh, and it was wonderful to be together with all of them. Yeah. And, and we do a lot of laughing and joking and slamming on each other. You know? There's nothing better than being with the family. At you trained them well. <laughs> at that particular time, uh, I think we had 15 people over. And, and when the end of the evening came, our youngest granddaughter who had, before we moved, spent three days up in a room where we had all of our picture albums. And she uh, scanned 1,800 pictures. Really? And we didn't know what she had done with those, and I guess had sort of forgotten it. And at the end of that uh, Christmas Eve, when they were at our house, she said, could we use your television set for a minute? And... uh, she plugged into it with her phone, and she had made a website uh, and had all of those 1,800 pictures on that website, uh, all set up by a family and by year, and uh, it just what a wonderful gift. Oh, wonderful. oh can you imagine what the What a memory to have. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The boxes of storage you would have for that many pictures <laughs> oh, and the yeah. scrapbooks, oh. but here you have it just at your fingertips. Just the modern age. Wonderful, thoughtful. (laughs) Yeah, and you were surprised. Oh, totally shocked. Oh, that is. We were gobsmacked. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so nice to have you in Holly Creek. You haven't been here that long, have you? How long have you been Uh, here? It's about 18 months now that we've been here, so we're newbies. Yeah. But everybody here is so nice, so, so caring and friendly, and it's just amazing. It's a special place. That's what sold me on Holly Creek was a people, mm-hmm. people I met. Now, I, I wanted to say, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but um, part of your entrance requirement in dental school was to do something with chalk. Oh, well, I was amazed when I heard I this. I think that's probably pretty usual for all dental schools. Uh, and uh, yes, they gave you a piece of chalk and uh, a sharp knife and uh, and gave you a pattern that you need to carve in the chalk. And if you didn't have the hands that would do that, I guess they figured out you wouldn't be a very good dentist. In so. someone's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> you also told us about Dave Vitale has a son with a fantastic dental lab. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave Vitale, uh, his son has an orthodontic lab over uh, across the road from the old central city and he invited me to go visit that lab and i was totally amazed uh, at how things had advanced uh, since i had retired if i had to practice again i think i'd have to go back to dental school it was (laughs) it's just amazing how things have uh, well is that the kind of lab you send molded uh, for um it's a bit different than an orthodontic lab in fact Kathy was my orthodontic lab, and she's the one. Uh, she also has great hands, and she made all the retainers for uh, my patients. So Good for you, Kathy. The orthodontic <laughs> practice was not mine. It was ours, and that's how it worked. Well, it, it would have been a sight to behold to see that <laughs> lab and what's going on in these days. Um, also... I wanted to talk about uh, your trip to Germany. 
you had a wonderful experience there, Kathy. Your family was all from, your grandparents were both, all from Both Kip sides of my family. Mm -hmm. My grandparents were uh, born over there and came here. They mm -hmm. Nobody knew each other. They met here in the United States and got married. And then the two of them became Immigrated. friends and the different sides of the family. And... Well, when you went to Germany, did you try to locate any of the... Well, we did, and didn't we get to go through Grandpa Spohn's house? We did. Uh, we were in a, uh, looking up her roots, and uh, we were in a little town called Ruckenhausen, and having lunch in a, in a restaurant and talking to the proprietor and asked if she knew this person's name, uh, Kathy's granddad, and she said no, but these older ladies that are having lunch might know. And she talked to them, and they said, oh, yes, her niece, uh, his niece is uh, runs the Kodak shop up the street. And they contacted that person, and her son was still here uh, from school, and they're still living in the house that Kathy's grandfather grew up in, and we got into that house. We got You're to really go see living it. in there. Oh. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well, Amazing. you never expected that to happen, I'm sure. No. Oh, no. No way. <laughs> what a wonderful experience. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, another time when you were on your travels, you had a Buddhist tea. Oh. Where was that? Whoever that was wants to talk Japan, about that. wasn't it? In Hiroshima. Uh-huh. Explain the setting of it. It sounded beautiful. Oh, you want me to? It Either was, of you. It was in a little garden area, and and uh, it had for for seats. You sat on these flat rocks, and there was a waterfall that came down, and we had a cup of tea, and you took a sip, and thought good thoughts, and turned the cup a little bit, and took another sip, and watched the waterfall and thought good thoughts and we did that till we finished the tea and it was it was really a very nice amazing experience it's well, very take, peaceful yeah uh, just four of you is that right uh -huh, uh -huh. yes uh -huh. and i can imagine what a break that would be in a, a busy schedule and just oh it, it was it was fabulous yeah did you sit at a cafe and Paris ever and just watch people and have those kinds of moments a little more hectic but take some time to yourself to be the well it was luck it was wonderful being uh, in France uh, we love that mm -hmm. we got to go to uh, Normandy mm -hmm. uh, anyone who has the opportunity to go there should it is oh, a it magnificent experience well after traveling abroad like that before that even when you were younger you were a runner, Merv, yes, and I was amazed. At, tell us about that kind of running schedule before you met your patients. Well, I, was, I ran early in the morning. I got up at 4.24 every morning and ran, uh, and I would run eight or nine miles uh, in the morning before I had a 7 o'clock consult at the office. I had a streak of 17 years that I never missed a day. That's and, amazing. Uh, I ultimately logged uh, all my miles, and I ran 70,000 miles and, <laughs> and, uh, and 14 marathons. 
But then uh, the year after I retired, I was struck with a muscular disease and inclusion body myositis, and that put the end of the running. So now I ride a three-wheel recumbent tricycle uh, out on the paths here, uh, and that's wonderful. That's the way I get my exercise. You do what you can do, and that that running was uh, such good preparation to keep your body as strong as possible. Oh, and a great place years. to pray and to think and to decompress. Uh, and now, I miss it very that's, much. That's it's just incredible. Experience. I've always loved the optimism that both of you have. Um, your attitude is wonderful. Well, you need to just take what you've got and make the best of it. That's right. And that's your doing. Read each day with a smile. In a that's very beautiful way. And Merv and right. Kathy, thank you for being with us and sharing. Well, thank you. It's our pleasure. It's just wonderful to talk with you, and you're a very inspiring couple. Oh, well, thank you. And so that's Wanderings for today, and we'll say so long. So okay. long. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wandering along the mountain track And as I go I love to sing My knapsack on my back Valerie